Ah, you damn right. Welcome to Monday, not just that. Welcome to spring. It officially begins today. We hope you're having a good start to spring. If you are a Longhorn sports fan, you got to be having a pretty good Monday. Just uh, maybe on the part of it that not a lot of people are focused on right now. Um, that baseball team's not going to lose, apparently. Ten in a row now in the homestand. We'll get to a little bit of that, but obviously a lot of focus on basketball. One team trying to advance to the Sweet 16 tonight at the Moody Center. We'll talk about that women's team. And, of course, the Texas men taking out Penn State. Penn State put a run on them. Texas was too much, though, in the end. And for the first time since 08, the Texas men's basketball team will be in the Sweet 16. We'll talk about that and the rest of the tournament where all kinds of craziness happened. There's a team left in the state of Texas besides Texas. There's a team left in the Big 12 besides Texas. We'll get to all of it. It's Chad and Zay on this Monday. I'm Chad Hastings, joined by a happy, smiling Longhorn fan today. He is Isaiah Collier. What's up, Zay? We're still dancing in this thing, baby. How about that? I don't care if it's pretty. I don't care if it's ugly. Only Long be still dancing. That's all that matters. Hey, Jimmy V never talked about be pretty and be popular. He just said survive in advance. That's all he said. Yeah. You need one more point than they have. That is it. That is the only thing you need. And they got it. Yeah. Yeah, that win against Penn State, it was kind of like owner Mark Davis. It was ugly, but he wins <laughs> in life. <laughs> And life. His team might not win much, the Raiders, but he wins being the billionaire he is. He does get to win. life. Yeah, when he's having meals out in like Napa Valley, <laughs> drinking wine you can only <laughs> dream of, looking like that, it's a trade off. Yeah. But he kind of wins. He kind of wins. He wins the trade off. And he just got a cut too. Did it help? Not much. It's but, a, it's you a, know, it's a little better. He's it's a going, little bit better. Because now he's going straight ball, didn't he? Right. Yeah. He's, he's going stone cold Steve Austin, he thinks. No, Steve Austin's a legendary bald dude. You can't put him in that category. Right. I'm just saying that's what Mark sees in the mirror. Mark sees Stone Cold. He's wrong. Ah, He's wrong. Right. He's obviously wrong. Yes. No, Stone Cold of my lifetime might be the greatest, the greatest bald white guy, maybe of all time. He's right there. He's on my Mount Rushmore of cool, bald, white guys. I'm right there. Yeah. I'm right there. Number two, probably for you, Alex Caruso, because he's an Aggie. Okay. And then number three, our guy Cameron Parker. Okay. Cameron <laughs> Parker pulls off the ball very Fred well. pulls off the ball he tremendously. He does it a very – For a guy yeah. in his 20s, I'm like, how do you do this, man? You're a good-looking dude. You look great bald. Yeah. It's Not, amazing. He's killing it. He's got that, uh, he's got that Cody Carlson thing. When yeah. I, when I was young, that quarterback out of Baylor, Cody Carlson, Cody was balding in college. <laughs> It was weird. We were like, what is going on? But then he eventually just embraced it, and he's a pretty good-looking bald dude. You got to embrace that stuff. I can't – see, that was me. If, if I was going to be – you know, if I had that, that kind of thing, I would just shave it all down. Just shave it all down. I, I couldn't do comb-overs. I couldn't do transplants. I couldn't do coloring the stuff. Yeah. Once all mine goes gray, and it will, it'll go all salt here in a few years. I don't care. I yeah, got to let, let it go. Yeah, you're kind of like the shaved head, not – all the way bald, but bald enough, so you count, I guess. Okay. At least I'm in the discussion. Yeah. At least we're in the you discussion. Count. Uh, there's a lot to count uh, of the tournament right now, and we will get into a lot of it today. If you have thoughts, Specs text line is 337-3776. Let us know how you're feeling today, Longhorn fans. In fact, let me start with this question, because I know Zay's answer. 
I know Zay's answer to this question. Zay would have told us that a month ago it probably should have happened. But Longhorn fans, if I put the button in front of you and the button makes Rodney Terry your coach, you're going to hit the button today? Zay would have already hit the button. Other, oh, that button's been mashed. Others would have already hit the button. TJ Ford would have hit the button. Kevin Durant would have hit the button. But the biggest part of it is that CDC hadn't hit the button. But if you are the fan today, you just watched Rodney Terry send this team to the Sweet 16. Do you want to hit the button now? No, but take the button back. Don't hit it. Don't you, hit it. You don't want it now? No, we need that same edge. Oh, we okay. need that right. same hunger. Okay. Like, we have no idea who's going to get the job. Actually, I wish somebody around, you know, anybody on campus mm-hmm. that covers Texas. I hope somebody could just lie and say, you know what, CDC contacted Matt Painter today. Oh, <laughs> you want a fake story? Just a fake story. To mess with the players? Just to piss them off. Come on, Just say. to piss them off. <laughs> well, you know, it ain't going to face Coach Terry. Coach, it ain't going to face him. He knows what he's doing. Just to, just to piss them off. A guy that went, went out first round with a number one seed team that a lot of people, when Coach Beard got the boot, we're thinking about him. Yeah. There are true. three guys that are out the tournament, or not out the tournament, but there are three guys that got crossed off the list out of this weekend. Mm-hmm. Matt Painter, uh, four, let me say four. This uh, uh, four. Okay. Matt Painter, Purdue. Your boy, uh, Tommy Lloyd. Okay. Arizona. Arizona. Gone. Right. Yep. Calipari. Calipari. Mm-hmm. Gone. Thank you. That was my third. Yep. And then the one that's not out, but is out with what he did after the game, Eric Musselman. Ah, uh, Muscle, no they, shirt. <laughs> Eric Muscle, no shirt? No shirt. That ain't Texas. Hey, if you were if you were married to her and you looked like that with the shirt off, wouldn't you take the shirt you off? You see that woman? Oh, dude. This dude, what, what's in, what's he got going on? I don't know. Him and Steve Sarkeesian, what they got going on? I don't know. It's impressive. These white dude pulling these sisters. This <laughs> is impressive. Eric Musselman, how'd you back that? She looks so, like she could have been the fourth member of Destiny Child. So you're telling me that that was conduct unbecoming the Texas head coach? Yeah, that, that's that Arkansas stuff. You can't be a Texas head coach and take your shirt off and throw it around your head like a helicopter, P.D. Pablo style. You can't be doing all that. That's that's Arkansas. You're that's saying, what they do. If Texas knocked Kansas out of the tournament, you would not want to no. see your coach take a shirt Hell off. No. Okay, I agree with you, you by the way. You can't do that down here. I agree. In yeah. Arkansas, beautiful, fun, love it, great. With the woman he got, like you said, hell yeah. If she supports if that she, kind of activity, she, go right ahead. Yo, there's pictures of her like writing on his chest back then in his like, Nevada days when his shirt was off. <laughs> yo. Oh, God love him. Aaron is... Musselman, Steve Sarkeesian, I take a bow to both of you fellas. That's... Y'all, You guys are changing the world. Not just the game, the world. Oh, unbelievable. Unbelievable stuff. Yes, uh, Mr. Musselman and Arkansas did advance. Uh, we will get to the rest of the tournament coming up, but let's focus in on Texas here. They get by Penn State. 71-66 was the final score, Zay. And uh, we'll talk about him multiple times today, but man, Dylan DeSue ends up being the star. A local product here, Pflugerville Hendrickson. Shout out to the Hawks if you don't know. 28-10. and 10. Zay, there's never, ever, ever been a Texas basketball player in the tournament make as many field goals as Dylan DeSue made. None of them. Not Durant, not TJ, not LaMarcus, no B, no M or W has ever hit 14 buckets in a tournament game. DeSue's the only guy Texas beat Penn State. I mean, 
it's like he had a hard hat on the whole time the way he was going to work. It was ridiculous. It, it was ridiculous. One of the best performances I've ever seen of anybody in the Texas uniform in any period, not yet alone the tournament, biggest time of the year, when your team goes one for 13 mm. from the three-point line. That's a loss. That's an automatic loss this time of the year. Oh, for the first 11? Oh, for the first right? 11. So yeah. Jabari Rice hit one on the wing, and then it started to run uh, for Penn State. But, wow, 7%. That's insane. And you win the game? Yeah. What? And I said on Friday, Chad, even though Dylan, which we'll get to Dylan Zasue, his 14 for 20, 28 points, 10 rebounds, two steals, just incredible. But I said this is going to be the Timmy Allen game where we're going to need every bit of Timmy Allen. And it, he didn't fill up the stat sheet. He never does. He, he you know, he had 12. Actually, he did with the boards. 12 rebounds. Dude, the insane. Boards, boards are That's big, insane. Yeah. But just nine points, uh, four for nine from the field. His defense on Jalen Pickett. Again, I said on Friday, he has to be locked in defensively yep. if the Horns w- want to win this game. And his defense was incredible. And thank goodness, thank goodness Michael Shrewsbury didn't figure out, you know, since Jalen Pickett's getting locked up, maybe we should put the hands or the ball in the hands of Cameron Winter because he was hooping. Off the dribble, pull-up jumpers, he was getting buckets. And he had 16 points, only 5 and 9 shooting. Mm-hmm. But that's not their game. That's not how Penn State has played all year long. Yeah, they've won like eight of the last three. That's not how they've won these last eight games, playing that style of play. So Shrewsbury, he's thinking, okay, Jalen Pickett, they're just playing them one-on-one, which everybody, that's the we-live mentality with the way Penn State shot the ball against your Aggies coming into this game going eight for 28. That's a master class defensively, 20, uh, 26% shooting from the field. Yeah, You know, Shrewsbury was saying, all right, they're going to fall eventually. Those threes are going to fall. Jalen Pickett, he's going one-on-one. Nobody's been able to stop him one-on-one all year long. Timmy Allen, with the help of a little bit of Brock Cunningham, was thrown on him. I saw Serge Jabari Rice on him at times. Tyrese Hunter quietly had a really good two games in Iowa. And then Marcus Carr was solid too. But Timmy Allen, really, his defense was incredible. And Jalen Pickett ended up with more shots than he had points. Mm. Incredible. That's huge. That's huge. Yeah, th- three assists for Timmy Allen I thought was big. You could just tell everybody knew DeSue was having a great game too, to feed him in the big moments, for to, to have him be the answer to what happens if Penn State makes a run. I saw people tweeting out and commenting and sending it into the text line, there are Texas teams that would have tried to shoot their way out of it from beyond the arc, and this one didn't. And Rodney Terry and that coaching staff deserves credit for continuing to feed DeSue. And the players deserve credit for continuing to look for him. I thought that was 40 in the paint, Zay. Insane. 40. I was flipping out at the end of this game. 40. I didn't even realize. Let me make sure I understand the rules here, Zay. You're saying that the shorter guys can pass to the bigger guys and then they're allowed to shoot? Yep. And then it will count if it goes in? Yeah. That's fantastic. I know. Steph Curry somewhere saying, I told y'all I ain't changed the game (laughs) for the worst. 40 in the To hell with all y'all. You could play different styles. And I'll continue to preach. That's what makes Texas so scary. The fact that they're able to shoot 7% from three-point range, 
but still be able to win the game because they could play so many different styles of basketball, especially at this point. Dylan Sue's a factor. Christian Bishop, when he gets in the game, he does his thing. You know, Dylan Mitchell gave you good minutes. He's not going to play for long, but the nine minutes he gave you, he had a nice little bucket when Penn State went to that 2-3 zone, which was a good move by Shrewsbury. But, man, I'm so glad he didn't go to Winter because Winter was hooping. And if he would have, this game would have been different. But it changed, you know, when Penn State went on that 10-0 run, which was a tough 10-0 run. I thought the game was slipping out of the horn's fingers. That was a rough stretch. You had that. Awful contested three by uh, Timmy Allen, which led to an and one three by uh, Dread. He misses the free throw. Then he hits another three to make it 54 or 55 54 Texas. They come back down the court. Serge Barry rises, turning down threes, which I guess you should because you're like you're one for them. 12 at <laughs> yeah, that point. Right. So you're not making them. So he turned down one, which kind of ticked me off because you still got to take good shots. Right. You know, now. Are good shots giving the ball to Dylan DeSue? Yeah. So maybe if you have that open three, turning it down and get the ball inside, again, 40 shots in the, or 40 points in the paint, that makes sense. So he turns down the three, Pickett ends up getting this fourth foul. Penn State's still on that run. Winter gets fouled, hits two free throws, 8-0 run. Timmy Allen has that horrible turnover where he just oh. throws it back court. Oh, that was bad. Horrible. <laughs> That's not good. Lundy gets the layup, timeout. Yeah. Timeout. One of the greatest timeouts. This season, that was well, uh, yeah, because you, you you were thinking it, and I was thinking it, everybody was you thinking called, it. You called, you asked me at one point this year with Coach Terry, you know, has he made the right timeouts at the right uh, in the right spots? And it's so hard to tell, just because each game is different. This was it. Mm-hmm. This was is one of his best coaching jobs to where CDC might have hit that button and quiet. We don't don't tell nobody. <laughs> right, he might have the job. Don't tell nobody. CDC only you know. Keep I'm, it that way. I'm not gonna make it click. Yeah. but I am gonna press keep them. It. Keep yeah. them hungry. Keep right. them horns uh-huh. hungry and playing the way they're playing. Yeah. We, we need that. But right there, when he called that timeout with 4:32 left, they came out. Dylan DeSue had an out of bounds play, scored the bucket. Mm-hmm. He might have traveled. He had like a big ass one two step. I I wondered on that one too. I I I replayed that one. I'm like, (laughs) is that a? Well, never mind. Okay. Yeah, I was like, let it go, let it go, let it go, let it go. They let it go. Marcus Carr comes down. He like slips and turns the ball over. That was rough. But then Dylan Dessou had that jumper in the lane where they were double teaming him. Throughout the game at that point. He That's called the one that it, was straight on? It was straight yeah, on. He yeah. caught it around that elbow area. He turned around, looked around. That double coming? No. No. All fake one way. Here I go. Cool. Oh, you're too small. Right over the top. Can't yeah. stop. Bam. 59-58. Texas takes the lead. And then the, the his best shot of the game. Oh. Shot clock going down. The baseline. He's in the post. Kevin Durant. LaMarcus Aldridge, both those guys had this in their game. And this is what KD was talking about in his tweet saying, looking like a young LaMarcus Aldridge. The turnaround fadeaway with the shot clock going down to put the horns up three. Just the confidence to take that shot. I mean, Dylan DeSue, ever since that Baylor game in Waco where he had 24 points, his confidence has been crazy. He hasn't missed a floater. And Lundy said that in the postgame. For uh, number one for uh, uh, Penn State, he said, we played some really good teams this year. We haven't played a big that good and that efficient all year long. He didn't miss a floater. Mm. He didn't miss a floater. That push shot, 
that might be a more famous thing than Sir Jabari Rice's pump fake at this point. At this point, right? Yeah, I'd say so. Every big needs to have that in their game because the natural reaction when you guard a pick and roll and that big man rolls is to keep going to the basket to get a layup. Then the suit always stops. He always stops a little bit short where the defender is waiting. The defender already has to help on the ball handler coming off the screen. But the defender has to go back and get his man once the big catches the ball. And usually they can meet him at the rim. Then the suit ain't meeting you at the rim. He's stopping and shooting that push shot floater. He's headed for the push. Which is money. Yeah. It's absolutely money like Swingers, uh, Vince Vaughn. Oh, money, baby. You know you money, baby. You know Vince Vaughn was saying that. John Favreau, that's one of my joints. That's what Dylan DeSue's been like. And, man, that timeout by Coach Terry, and for them to go on that run, Timmy Allen had that beautiful pass to break that press when they started pressing. And this might have been the play of the game, Chad, if I know Coach Shrewsbury, he's banging his head on the mat on this one. When they had that backcourt violation mm-hmm. for Penn State, you can't do that this time of the year. Real quick, referee. Is that a over and back? Because yeah. I don't think it is. I wouldn't Technically, call it. I, he's in the air. He catches. They always call that, he, though. He hits double feet backcourt and establishes himself where they were already established. Doesn't, doesn't he get the right to bring that. it forward? That's what I've always thought. That's what I always thought, it too. It always gets called. It always gets Whenever right. you jump yeah. and you're in the air, <laughs> yes. the ball's in your hand. Because it yeah. makes everybody in the arena go, ooh. Oh, I know. And then that makes them want to call it. It makes you call it. Yeah. That's huge, I was man. With, I was with you. Like, and then it, wasn't it like 71-68 at that moment? Uh, it was. I think it was 61-58. 61-58. Yeah, okay. 61-58. Then Marcus Carr had a layup to put them up Oh, my five, bad. Put us up yeah, yeah, you're right. My bad. Yeah. At that moment, yes, you, you're right. All the work, all you've done, and a backcourt violation. You're right there. <laughs> give it away. You're right there. Yeah. And if you had money on the game – that's brutal, too, because Marcus Carr fouled an old boy at the end to make it five. It was like five and a half. Oh, was it really? That was five and a half. Oh, Marcus no. Carr, stupid foul. Fouls old boy on four-point play. He yeah, makes the bad. free throw, and bad. the game ends up being 71-66. So you're saying there were dudes in Vegas punching things because oh, of that? Oh, for sure. Okay. For sure. Oh, my but God. Yeah, man. I mean, you're still dancing. And again, going to Coach Terry and talking about should he – be hired for this job you see a number one seed go out in purdue against fdu they ain't even win their conference freaking tournament and purdue loses first seed they lost last year in the second round uh-huh. they had a guy who was not the first guard taken in the draft last year they might have the best big man player of the year in zach Eady. lose first round this year second round last year tommy lloyd two seed just like you at texas Playing against that Princeton team, your Princeton team, that looks good. Shout out to our guy Foss, uh, Princeton Tiger. I should have picked him to win, too. You should have. (laughs) Oh, my God. They look real good. I picked him to win the first one. Man, they look good against Missouri. Yeah, they did. They did. That was was incredible. And then you see Kansas going out last night. Yeah, they didn't have Bill Self, but they shouldn't be losing to Arkansas. That team's too good. They had the most quad one wins out of anybody this year. And... You know, we've talked about it all year long. Some teams in the Big 12 are just going to be gutted down, are going to be worn out because the Big 12 such a gauntlet. Whether you have your players, whether you're healthy or not, you see Kansas, TCU, 
All these really good teams. Iowa State lose first round. All these really good teams in the Big 12. Only Kansas State, which looked good. And Texas, they're the only Big 12 teams that are still dancing in the Sweet 16. Mm -hmm. So you could either get beaten by the gauntlet or it could fuel you and iron sharpens iron, which it did for Kansas State and Texas, and you could thrive from it. And we're starting to see, especially with Dylan DeSue's 28 points, like he ain't averaging over double digits. He ain't even averaging over double digits. But Serge Barry Rice ain't have that good of a game. Tyrese Hunter, I mean, uh, excuse me, uh, Marcus Carr. I thought Tyrese Hunter was quietly really good. But Marcus Carr didn't have the normal game he did. And you're bringing a guy that now he's on the scouting report, but all year has he been? No. And he gives you 28 and 10. <sighs> Give him the job. Give him the job. Just don't tell nobody, CDC. Just don't tell nobody. You want to tell you what the secret, the secret job? Uh, yeah, that that's that is an interesting angle on it because these players are so fired up for him, man. They're so ha- you can tell they're happy for him. They're so well connected. If you haven't seen the video of them dancing in the locker room, it's just one of the cool parts of the tournament to see. And if you're a Longhorn fan, it's your team doing it, and you're going to the Sweet 16. You're going back to Kansas City. I don't think if, I don't think there's ever been a Texas team wanting to go back to Kansas City. Oh, this one wants to go though. Yeah, you want to go. Yeah. You Rams you're familiar with. Yep. You were just there. You won there. You just cut the nets down there. And you can cut the nets down again if you win these next two games. Now, I think Texas has the toughest way to go out of all the regions. I think this region with uh, Houston versus Miami and then now Xavier and Texas, these are <laughs> whoever makes it out of this one has a really good chance of winning the national yep. championship. And we knew that going in. But now that it's here, now you saw – all those other three teams, man, you're just happy to be dancing right here because the 16 teams that are here right now are all really good. Yep, everybody's playing pretty well right now. We'll continue to go over the rest of the tournament, the 16 over the one, that other Big 12 teams they mentioned, Kansas State, that is still in. Let us know what you think, Longhorn fans. 337-3776. Someone texted in earlier, all capital letters. Let's see if I can do this one justice. Zay, I'm drinking a 55-gallon of burnt orange (laughs) Kool-Aid. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm talking about. There it is. Let us know what you're thinking today. Texas and Xavier, if you haven't uh, heard yet, Friday, late tip. Last of the eight games to tip is Texas. 8.45 on Friday. Special pregame start at 8 o'clock. 8 o'clock Friday pregame for Texas and Xavier. So we'll get you that. Speaking of Texas basketball, tonight over at Moody Center, last game over at the Moody Center in basketball for the season for sure is tonight. If the women can beat Louisville, they're going to the Sweet 16. Get on out there and support them. TexasSports.com slash tickets. If you have not gotten your ticket Yo, yet, you can get out there match and up, help them. Match up tonight, Chad. Yep. Louisville's Haley Van Leaf. Insanely good score. Mm-hmm. Social media icon. Versus Rory Harmon, offense, defense, that's going to be a movie. And Rory Harmon was not in the lineup when they lost to Louisville in the Bahamas. Yeah. Now she is on the floor. It's going to be a little different. And it's at the Moody Center. It's going to be a little different, Haley. Going to be interesting. One of those uh, little interesting aspects of women's basketball that at the beginning, first two rounds, you have home teams, home crowds getting yeah. to root their team on. And in a lot of cases, it works. In one key case, it did not, which could help yeah. Texas out. And Haley, all that. she a little dog, too. You got to watch out for her. They asked her in the press, or they were like, you got honorable mention, All-American. How do you feel about that? She got honorable mention? <laughs> Whatever. 
I was like, okay. Nice. Yeah, I was like, oh, okay. all right. That's right. not good. Yeah, you that's can a, tell that's a bulletin board material for her. That's, so. a, that's an attitude. Yeah, Vic Schaefer, watch out watch, tonight. Watch They're going to be ready. Watch out, Vic. All right, uh, we'll talk more about that as we roll along. NCAA tournament talk coming up. Uh, we got NFL notes today as well, including the Cowboys finally making a receiver move. But was it the right move? We'll talk about it on the horn. Chad and Zay. I've known a few guys who thought they were pretty smart, but you've got being right down to an art. You think you're a genius, you drive. Wow. Zay must be in a good mood today. You can start with a little Shania? That's right. Come on now. Come on. You remember this iconic video, Chad? It's like in the desert and the leopard. I remember showing the midriff. I remember every video she ever made. <laughs> Uh, all right. It really, I'm not going, I'm, look, there are things, there are things that I will let female artists get away with that I won't let male artists get away with. So it really didn't matter if I liked the songs. It really didn't matter about the songwriting. Generally, the video is going to entertain me. This yeah. was fantastic. You're right. The leopard print in the desert was pretty fantastic. She's got the, carrying the bag with her. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was fantastic. Yeah, she did that. Fantastic. Shania Twain getting us started today. A lot of texts coming in. A lot of folks agreeing with the over and back call. We won't get too overly technical on it. I still I still feel like I don't know that rule. Like, I'll read the rule, Yo. and I go, wait a minute, I think I know what that means, and then I'll see it in practice, and I have no idea. But we got multiple Texas fans saying they loved the call, they thought it was the right call, and it was the first right call they'd seen in a while in the game. <laughs> so, Yo, right, Texas fans, look, these refs ain't calling nothing all tournament long. I watched so much basketball these last four days, mm-hmm. I haven't seen many calls. Guys are hitting the ground hard, and refs are just continuing to let them play. So if you're looking for calls that you may have saw during the regular season, you ain't going to get them. You ain't. Yeah. These refs are letting them play, and – I like it. Because the interpretation I've read, this is really technical, but just for a second, it may just be an NBA rule. I have read that you are allowed to, if somebody's throwing to you from out of bounds, I've read you can actually straddle the midline. You can put one foot on either side. Yes. You can catch the ball. Then as you dribble, pick which way you want to go. Yes. And as soon as two of your, both of your feet are in one, that's where you're established. Yeah. So that's what I'm going off of watching that. I'm like, dude's in midair. He catches the ball. Then once his two feet are established, he's in the backcourt where they were already established. So shouldn't he get to bring it into the front court? But Texas fans are saying absolutely not. They are liking the interpretation, obviously, that's from the, the official. That's the one call in my refing career where I was like, I hope I don't get this situation. I know. It's and a, especially in clutch time, I hope because I don't know what I'm going to call. If it looks awkward, I'm going to call it. That's how <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's what the rest are thinking. If it and, looks awkward, right. and like, call it. And like you said, when the crowd reacts that dramatically, when it's that close, you want to err on that side of go ahead and call it. But coaches, like they try to know, but they don't really know. So they'll tell you, good coaches will. Pops used to tell me all the time, yo, Never throw the ball by the half court line. Yeah, we just never want the chances. We don't let want, them yeah. clear out and go across half court where you know they're on the other side, and that call can't even be thought about. Yeah, they put themselves in that. You situation. Put themselves in that yeah, situation. Yeah. You're right. And for winter and dread, that's brutal. But we'll take it. 
we'll take it. You know, Dwan Harris for Kansas had a 10-second violation in that Arkansas game. That was huge, man. It was so big. And, hey, it's just this time of the year. Any little mistake can get you got. Yep. All right. Uh, Nate texts in, says, I am bought in with Coach Terry now. Nate says, hit that button. Maybe it's the silent press of the button like Zay mentioned earlier. But, again, getting them to the Sweet 16, it didn't involve the, you know, rival-type feel with an A&M team. It involved a team that was better than A&M, clearly, a team that came in shooting well, a team that, much like the Colgate situation, you took a team that was pretty hot from outside – and you just clamped down on them, didn't let them do what, what you know they wanted to do, and then you also found, not that you didn't think Dylan DeSue could be a star, but you didn't think it was going to look like that. And just to get that performance out of him, and now, Zay, you got Xavier, Houston, and Miami. When they're, If they're looking at film, they're thinking, wait, hold on, he did what? 28 and 10? So we didn't think of Texas as having this kind of inside presence, 40 points in the paint. We didn't think of them as having these kind of bigs. But now that Dylan DeSue is healthy and has now found this part of his game and found that push shot and the floater and the whole thing and that jump shot, wow, just a whole nother weapon. Exactly, because on the scouting report for opposing teams, when they look at Texas, you stop Marcus Carr, you stop Serge Barry Rice. Mm-hmm. That's who you stop first. Timmy Allen, uh, he could get his points. But now that Dylan DeSue, like you said, now he's in, in involved. They're a complete team. And you know Brock Cunningham could come off the bench and hit threes at times. We saw what Arterio Morris did in the Big 12 tournament. And again, you shoot one for 13 from the three-point line, but you're still 50% from the field. You're, you know, you shoot 31 for 61 total, mm-hmm. and you miss 12 threes, and you only took 13? That's nuts. And Coach Taylor and this coaching staff – what they've done, it's incredible because you just none of these team, none of these games are guaranteed. Ask Matt Painter if these games are guaranteed. Ask Shaka Smart yep. if these games are guaranteed. Tommy Lloyd, it doesn't matter what seating you are, because with the transfer portal, NIL, all this stuff, it's a different game than what we've seen. And we're gonna keep seeing upsets like this. It don't matter if you're a 15 seed. Obviously, it don't matter if you're a 16 seed. You could lose. So yeah. coaching is huge. Yo, it's massive. Yeah, well, the, I mean, the the way things have kind of gotten, things have kind of thinned out, gotten watered down over the years. We never thought we would see a 16 over a 1. Now we've seen it twice. This wasn't a blowout version. What did you think of Fairleigh Dickinson over Purdue? Because it was kind of an ugly shooting game. They sort of mucked it up like they needed to. But in the end, man, they hit the biggest shots. Yeah, yeah, they're just tough. They had had tough guys, and against Florida Atlantic, it seemed like you knew they were going to struggle against Florida Atlantic just Mm -hmm. because they put so much into beating Purdue. And Purdue's guards, they had a hard time getting the ball up the court. You know, they just do so many things on making those entry passes to Zach Eady. They had a hard time getting into him. He had his 20 or something, but he should have went for 40. This is the tallest man in the nation playing against the shortest team in the nation, in FDU. And you you couldn't have thirty eight points like he should have easily had that. He should have dominated. Yeah, but, yeah, but they were guarding them ninety four feet. Like as soon as Purdue would inbound the ball, an FDU guy was right there. 
in his face. Zigzag drill, making them turn, making them work. So once you get the ball up the court and you get into your offense, you got about 15 seconds left. Yeah, you better do something quick. You better do something quick. <laughs> and now right. they're helping on Edie. You got one guy fronting him, then they got help at the right places. They did a tremendous job. And their coach, who is loonier than the tunes, oh, let me go, you know, we did well. You know, my mom and dad, they're in the stands, and we're just a tough team. And then I was like, yo, slow down. He might, he <laughs> might drink coffee. <laughs> <laughs> or do or something else or something else. Yeah, something else that might be illegal. Wow. But. Yeah. So Florida. So uh, there's your your second trivia question answer. First, it was UMBC over Virginia. Now it's FDU over Purdue. Then, as Zay mentioned, Florida Atlantic takes them out. Um, and we can we come back this uh, this Monday with. Texas advancing, Rick Barnes advancing. Tough man. That shout out to Rick Barnes. That was the huge job that he did because I was nervous about this Tennessee team when Zakai Ziegler went out. Like I had, I didn't have him winning this game. I had Duke winning, yeah. and I, I you, did too. I think a lot of people did. And if you look at it now, it, you, I feel stupid because I'm like, man, with all those seniors mm-hmm. that Rick Barnes has for Tennessee and all the freshmen that John Shire has for Duke, you could tell the difference in physicality. Mm-hmm. And that's what they said. That's what Rick Barnes said. That's what uh, Kamwa said, who was amazing. The that's the guy points. that really stepped up for them, right? Yo, he killed them just like he killed Texas when the Horns were in Knoxville. Yeah. He had like 27 points against the Horns. He had 27 against Duke and just hitting big-time threes, being physical with Flipikowski and stuff like that. Like, they, Tennessee was impressive. Vescovi hit some huge, timely threes, and they're just physical. Rick Barnes' crew, they're a physical team, and yeah. teams like that, teams like Rick Barnes' crew, with Tennessee, physical. San Diego State, extremely physical. When you ain't calling no fouls in these games, mm-hmm. those brothers that look like they've been in the weight room every single day, you'll see a lot of, man, look at this guy's physique. Look at this guy's body. You're going to see a lot of that in the Sweet 16 just because teams are overempowering guys. Like Michigan State, Tom Izzo's squad, they just yeah. overpowered Marquette last night. Then they had some good guard play, but you're starting to see like these guys are in their sixth year, fifth year seniors, 23, 24 years old. You're starting to see those types of teams, the majority of those guys advance. If Tennessee and Michigan State end up facing off for a trip to the Final Four and they keep calling these games the same way, that's going to be a hell of a fight. Oh, somebody going to draw blood. <laughs> it's going to be a hell of a fight. By the way, real quick, Michigan State will have to get by Kansas State, the other Ooh. Big 12 team that's still alive. Zay, they went through that weird patch of the season but now the tournament version of kansas state is this thing we were watching back at like christmas time right well january maybe the january february version is back yeah Yeah. and they look good marquise noel it was like a playground for him out there and what's crazy is he's a new york kid so they go to new york they play at the garden that's right for the regional he gets to go back home but 27 and 9 he had a couple of Magic Johnson-like passes in that game. He threw a behind-the-back pass on the break. That was crazy. And then to end the half, he threw a no-look alley-oop. Yeah, I saw that. Was, he was, <laughs> that was crazy. He was just doing, yeah. He was looking all the way across the like, other yeah, way. Yeah, he was looking at the other side, the other goal, and threw it. And I'm like, what incredible. are you looking at? What a pass. Dude man. had 44 and like 23 assists in these two games. It's nuts. He went crazy. Yeah, he's 5'7", by the way. Yeah. Five foot seven. Kenny, Kenny Smith couldn't stop smiling about him. Yo, talking about Because he's a New York guy like Kenny. Yep. Kenny's like, yo, this guy are the type of dudes <laughs> that I grew up playing against right. outside. 
Yeah. Those guys grow up playing outside in the New York area, taking the subway to these parks. Oh, where y'all playing? Oh, that's easy. We're going to take the subway. We'll be there in about 20 minutes. Uh-huh. That's that's where he grew up, and he plays like that. And he hit some huge threes. He shot a three from the March Madness logo. That was big. Keontae Johnson hit a huge three on the, on, uh, the wing yep. to help separate the lead and – Another coach Calipari team out early. That's it. When you got when you got somebody like Oscar Shibwe and you lose in the second round, that's trouble. Yeah, that is rough, dude. The arc on Noel's shot sometimes so beautiful. Yeah. So that big old towering like Steph Curry kind of arc on that I, shot. Yo, I love his game. Like they're the only team this season to beat the Horns at the Mood, and yeah. it's crazy because you see statistics that don't favor them. You know, there was that one stat that said, don't take them to the Sweet 16. That's right. Yep. There they they defied that one. And, and Kim Palm, they were like in, up in the 20s around there. Mm-hmm. So there's weird stats about them that you don't trust, that I damn sure didn't trust. That's why I picked Kentucky. I know. I did, too. I feel I feel dumb now. We'll, yeah. check, we'll check our brackets later on and throughout the week. But, yeah, I did not pick Kansas State getting through. But if they beat Michigan State, they will play to go to the Final Four. So it's FAU against Tennessee. It's K-State against Michigan State. We'll be talking about those matchups throughout the week. Obviously, Longhorns and Xavier are going to be the big focus for us. The other side of the Midwest, of course, is Houston and Miami. And uh, I guess our guy Scott Spinelli knew what he was talking about. The yeah, four- Dude. The former coach, he told us he really liked Drake, but when we asked about the matchup last week, he said, take Miami. He's like, nah. <laughs> he said, I like Miami to win the game, and he th- and he said, he, I might even like him to go to the Final Four. And they have won two games now, and they're going to try to take Houston out. Uh, the first team that will try to keep Houston out of the H-Town Final Four is Miami, and then Texas or Xavier may get their crack at it too. Lot Yo, of- what shot did Marcus Sasser get in that groin? Because I ain't look like nobody with a groin injury. No. No, no, something. They, 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 That's not – groin injuries don't look like that. No, I think uh, it was 500 cc's of Mateen Cleaves is what he got. <laughs> <laughs> he got the Mateen Cleaves medicine because when Mateen came out for that second half back in the day, it did not look like he was hurt either. Did not. Magic. Yeah. Magic. Well done. Well done, Houston training staff, whatever you figured out. All right, coming up, we'll get you Joe Cook of Inside Texas on 3.com. His thoughts on Texas in the tournament and getting ready for the Sweet 16. Also, that baseball team keeps rolling. Zay asked him to go 10-4 and in this homestand. They're 10-0 and so far. Let's go. Now you need more, Let's right? Let's go, baby. We're hungry. <laughs> now 10-4 is not going to be good enough because that would mean you lose four in a row at the end. They've got Incarnate Word this week and then that Texas Tech series this weekend to really start to tell us something. We'll talk to Joe coming up. Up next, though, in the crab bag, I'll give you a quick review of UFC where there were a couple of great fights and the WBC injuries hit the Astros. We'll talk about it on the horn. Chad and Zay. Woo! Man! Not Shania Twain. This is not Shania Twain. Woo! Yeah, we're going back a ways with this one. Yeah, I don't. What's the name of the song, Zay? Thunder Steel. Thunder Steel. That sounds like something 
Ben Stiller's character would have made up in uh, Dodgeball. Um, I don't know it for sure, so I'll go with one of my normal guesses in this realm. I'm going to say Diamond Head. Riot. Riot. Didn't even know there was a band called Riot. All right. My apologies to you Riot fans. So Riot and Shania Twain get us started today. Weird combo. All right. Chad and Zay with you on a Monday. Longhorn fans enjoying life and uh, enjoying the fact that their team is in the Sweet 16. Think about it. Since 08, the last time. 2008. George W. Bush was still president. Barack Obama hadn't been elected. We had we were just about to get to that U.S. Open where Tiger broke his leg and went with, you know, fought Rocco Media, that whole thing. Expect anything else? That technically hadn't happened the last time Texas went to the Sweet 16s, eh? Mm. Crazy. Last time that Rodney Terry was on the coaching staff. <laughs> uh, he was, yeah, he would have been, right? Yeah. Yeah. See, there mm. it is. Interesting. Full circle. Full circle. All right. Texas fans trying to figure out if this is indeed their head coach. We will talk to uh, Joe Cook about that. The basketball team, baseball on a roll. Uh, Women's basketball tonight trying to get to the Sweet 16. Joe Cook coming up at 105. Let me get you a quick crap bag here. Good fights and bad luck. Chad's crap bag. Crap bag. If you need an easy way to remember it, just... Think of a bag of crap. Brought to you by AV Consultations, 255-8678, or go to avconsultations.com. Uh, if you know me and the crap bag, you don't know I love the people punching people, whether it's uh, agreed upon or it's scripted or both. Uh, I do love the fights, and UFC 286 was nice. The two main fights were great. Justin Gaethje, I would watch you fight in a in an alley in you know two neighborhoods over. I have to pay like fifteen dollars, and I have to stand on top of a dumpster. I don't care. Justin Gaethje is always entertaining. Uh, the guy he fought, Rafael Fazeev, is a great fighter. Younger guy, quick as he can be. I thought he was going to beat Gaethje. But Gaethje was just too tough. They had some great slow motion, blood, sweat, and snot moments in that fight. It was incredible. And then the main fight, uh, Leon Edwards, congratulations. you got to take the champ's belt. And I didn't think Usman took the belt from him. I agreed with the scoring, even though they took a point from Edwards, because there were multiple moments in that fight where you're like, come on, dude, you're supposed to be a champ here. You you can't keep fouling a guy during a fight. I thought they needed to take those points, but I also thought he still won. I had it four rounds to one, take the point. He still wins it. I agreed, and I'll watch him do it again if they want to. That's two guys if they want to get together again. That was fun at 170. So UFC 286 definitely uh, was worth it. And uh, now to the bad luck. We already had this WBC injury for Edwin Diaz. I hate this thing. Now, I'm not a Mets fan by any stretch of the imagination. I can't stand him. But I don't want to see a guy get hurt like that. Zay, jumping up and down in the celebration, stupid injury. Yeah. Torres Patel attending. But then this weekend, the stupid WBC injuries come for an Astro. Not only an Astro, that Astro. Jose Altuve, normal at bat, big time game. I believe his team ended up losing to the U.S. in the game. But it's one of those where he takes a 96 mile an hour pitch off his thumb. Breaks the thumb, has to have surgery. They'll do that in the next few days, and then they'll know the prognosis. Hopefully he's not out that long. Uh, as much as these guys love to play in the WBC, I just hate 
when these type of injuries happen to the biggest players involved. I don't know that there's an answer to this one of what to do, what not to do. I've heard people say, do we need to do it in the middle of the season? Do we need to push the schedule a little bit? They love playing this. It's like their Olympics. So I don't say I wouldn't say get rid of it, but you know, just bad, bad luck. Yeah, who's old boy, the pitcher with the two different eyes? That's Scherzer. Yeah, Scherzer. He said that he wished it would be middle of the year, but for pitchers, it's a little bit different. Like jumping right in where you're supposed to be normally attending spring training and you kind of just get the flow of getting into the season and instead you're jumping in the World Baseball Classic playing serious, meaningful baseball. Yeah, that is a good argument on the that's pitching a side. Lot. Yeah, that's a good argument on the pitching side. The Altuve thing is just horrible luck. Yeah, that's just luck. Ain't um, nothing you can do. Yeah, I thought about you remember when Paul George like snapped his leg in half during mm-hmm. I don't know if it was the Olympics or if it was an exhibition game between USA and USA, but it was a team USA game. Right. Yeah, and that's right. It was a national everybody game. was wondering, should these guys play? What's the point? You know, there's not money on the line in this. It might be good for their brand, but... But I've heard a, a good argument on the other side. I heard Bucky and Aaron talking about it today, and E is right. Aaron said that some these international guys, and Altuve would be among that group, a, to a man, they'll tell you, like, they'd rather win that than the World Series sometimes. It's a yeah, big, right. It's a big deal to them. It's, it like, is. it's like playing in the World Cup as a soccer player. Right. You're representing your country. It's a big deal to them. So that is cool. Um, so, I mean, that it, it's, it's horrible luck on that side of it. We did have the good story of the young kid from, I think it was Nicaragua, that, like, struck out, a, like, three badasses and got a major league deal out of it. Oh, that's at dope. the World Baseball Classic. Yeah. That was cool. That was very, very cool. Um, but this one with Altuve is just, oh, that was... That was just ugly. Um, so, I, I, yeah, I hate to see stuff like that. In fact, let me pull up this dude's name because I want to give him credit. His, uh, it was such a good story. His name is Duke Hebert. He struck out Juan Soto, Julio Rodriguez, and Rafael Devers in, Not bad. in one inning. And I think it was the Tigers that decided, you know what? We're going we're gonna to take, take a look at that kid. That's the great stuff. These injuries are, are not so good. But we'll keep our eyes on the World Baseball Classic. If you're a baseball fan and you're keeping your eyes on the Longhorns, you're seeing nothing but wins lately. We'll talk to Joe Cook of Inside Texas about that. And the Longhorns heading back to the Sweet 16 for the first time since 08. What does he think? What do you think about the Penn State win? What does he think about the Xavier matchup? We will find out. Plus, we are only 26 days away from the Texas spring game. You know we'll mix in a little football as well. Don't move. It's the horn.